0: Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message.
1: There's a lot of amazing things happening, but today we get the opportunity to hear from somebody that, that we feel has a message for this hour. How many of you know God has a message for the hour? There is a message for the hour. Like, there really is. And there is a now word. And what I believe you are about to receive today, if you posture yourself in the right way, is a now word. And so in 2018, I went to Jesus 18, and I was telling Eric this morning, Eric shared a message, and it pierced my heart. Like, you guys don't even know. You probably thought, man, Geo, but it just pierced my heart, and I just wanted him to come into deposit into us today. And so one of the things I love about Eric is Eric is all about Jesus, and it just, it's just incredible because you feel like you find people that are like, wow, Jesus really is enough for them. And so today, will you honor him as he comes up? the man of God, would you just give it up for him and just receive, posture your heart today?
0: Uh, Well, I have to say that you guys are extremely blessed I get to travel around different places and it's rare to find such a spirit of adoration so free and direct. There's a rich presence of the Lord in this place and a lot of places don't have uh, a gathering with such a sensibility of God. Such a perceptibility of the person of the Lord. You are blessed. And I honor your pastors. They are humble, Uh, just being able to talk with them a little bit that I have been able to, the humility is just coming out of them, and there's something about humility that attracts God. Moses was picked because he was the meekest man. Jesus shows us the perfect demonstration of God's character of humility in taking on him, himself taking on the form of, of a man and then becoming despised and rejected. And then he's exalted and given a name above every name. So I just want to say, you guys are extremely blessed. And, and I, I also want to say this because I feel like it's important. Because there's such an incredible leadership and kingdom mentality here, I encourage everyone to put all hands on deck, but whatever gifting you have, volunteer it, whatever, however you can serve in any way to jump in together will cause the river to go even faster and take people uh, by, sh- by, by storm and by stream. Uh, so I just wanna say that to you before we get going. Um, let's just, Let's just close our eyes for a second. Just take a deep breath in. Breathe out. Yeah, just one more time. Breathe in.
2: You is all I need. I worship you. <laughs> yeah. So I come to you, O oh, precious love of mine. Oh, your lips they drip with honey, and your kiss is like wine. Oh, your voice is so tender
0: and your eyes are always so kind. Your touch is bliss to me. I choose to leave everything
2: else behind. I am yours and you are mine.
0: Make yourself tangible, audible, perceptible. Feed us with yourself. Touch our hearts. Open our eyes. Open our ears. We want to see you, hear you, sense you, feel you, lay on you, enjoy you fixed upon you oh give us such grace to never look away from your face i pray oh holy
2: holy holy is the lord
0: i worship you and hey, we're going to move on in a second just stare right
2: Begin right there, right where you are. Just let your inner heart love just go out of your mouth softly to the Lord. Yeah, just softly, precious.
0: actually happening, just staying set upon Him, this is the essence of of a heart I held upon Him. No desire to do anything, but
2: just watch Him breathe. I just want to look at you, give you all my attention, enjoy you, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Tell you, this is what separates
0: the men from the boys, those that will linger, and those that just refuse to linger. And lingering could be defined as just literally holding your attention, sustaining the sweet sense of his presence in person. This is the difference between those that want only him and those that want something from him. You know, a lot of times when we we go into the closet, we leave the same way we came in because we did everything but worship him, did everything but adore him. A lot of times we go away and we do our devotion, but we never actually once looked at the Lord. Enjoying his person, lingering with him, just letting love exchange be the heart. Of, of everything. You know, we're not here for, as you know it, we're not here for methods, we're here for a man. And he's interactive and you can hear him and see him and sense him. And there's not a calculation that you do in order to invoke the, the presence of God to come down. He's a living man who only desires to be loved. And it's the essence of prayer when a man comes away to simply love him. If you take away love, then you're only left with mechanics. You're only left with a method. It's no longer about a man if it's not love. It's about a method to obtain something that you want or even satisfy a religious itch to do something that's good or what you think to be right. If you take love out, you take the man out, then what you have is only religion and we know religion can't save you religion can't can't keep you religion can't satisfy you only the man christ jesus who lives in his ear can satisfy the soul and herein is the reason why so many of us christians get to the point where we're unsatisfied in the midst of our christianity and you say you know eric i just don't know What you mean when you say, I'm unsatisfied. Well, whenever you start looking for other things, it means you're not satisfied with God. It was John Piper who said, sin is what we do when we're not satisfied with God. And, you know, satisfaction is not just some side issue. Satisfaction is the very means by which God frees you and empowers you to be able to obey him. We have this weird religious mentality that if we just resolve enough, you know, you make enough decisions to do what's right, then you'll end up doing what's right. It's, listen, your resolve only dissolves. In other words, you need a person who has more power than you. You need need a quickening would be a perfect word for it. We cannot even obey God without God. We cannot even want God without God. We can't love God without God. And when a man comes to the point where he says, I realize I am desperately and deeply in need of you to even be able to want you and give you what you deserve, that is the grounds by which God can come in by his spirit and raise that dead thing back to life. That's the key. And I wonder sometimes why so many people are, doing all kinds of religious things and they look like they've got it all together and they've got all this zeal and they've got all this activity going on. But when you get around their life, they're actually miserable. They're not happy. They're not fulfilled. They're still messing with sin and their hearts are divided. And it's because the man has been replaced with a method The man has been replaced with what we have thought to be good and evil. What I mean by that is we we look at life and we say this is the things that are good and this is the things that are bad and we eat from that tree not knowing that there's no life in that tree, you die from that tree. When all the while there is a tree of life that if you eat it, it puts inside of you new desires, right desires, and power to be able to fulfill the things that God wants to have from our lives. Listen, the only thing that pleases God is what he does himself. So only if you give everything over to receive him, can he do the thing that he wants from you. That's Christianity. That's the new covenant. And I find a lot of times we slip out of this and we wonder why we start getting weary. And that weariness, that, that that weak, weary will that can't seem to find riding in the high places with God. It stays in constant turbulence. I'm telling you right now, the gospel is outside of turbulence it's above turbulence are you saying eric there's no trials no i'm saying when you really understand the gospel trials don't matter what do you mean eric i mean like you you go through things in this life but in this strange way you are above them the entire time that's that's what i believe to be the 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 gospel reality so that's my introduction but i feel The Lord specifically wants to speak to this people right here. How many of you have never heard of me before? You've never seen me before. Let me see. Okay, how many of you ever heard any messages that I've preached? Let me see your hands. How many of you have heard the message Mary of Bethany? Let me see your hands. How many of you have never heard of it? Now, I feel that God wants to make this abide church a Bethany. I felt it on the way over here I was going to talk about specifically the bridegroom but when I got here the Lord spoke to my heart and he said I want to call together Mary's who will come and sit at the feet of Jesus some of you have no idea what I'm talking about I'm going to go through it quickly turn to Matthew 26 why did you start the way that you did Eric? I started that way because I find that's somehow, some way, we get away from the thing that is most important, even sometimes in the name of doing the thing that's most important. Matthew chapter 26, verse 13. I want to show you this. This is the words of Jesus. It's in red. Remember, we're talking about a Bethany people. We're talking about The call together of a bunch of Marys, and you say, what is the significance of being a Mary? We're going to look at it right now. Verse 13, it says, truly I say to you, this is Jesus, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. Did you hear that? So God just took a woman, and He tied her together with the proclamation of His own gospel. So you have this woman, and you have the gospel, and God says, wherever the gospel goes, what this woman has done and who she is will go with the gospel. This is absolutely incredible because there is no one else that this is said about. This really bothered me personally because I didn't understand it. Why this woman? Why not Enoch? You know, why not you know, John the Baptist? Why is it this woman? And it hit me too that it's not just what she's done. It says in memory of her. In other words, whoever this lady is. Jesus thinks is very important, and he wants her to be remembered. I want you to say this with me. Say, Jesus Jesus wants wants Mary Mary to to be remembered. Now, why does he want Mary to be remembered? We're going to look at it, and we're going to see that it's not anything to do with her. It has everything to do with what she's doing. Turn over to Luke chapter 10. Now, this message that I'm talking about to you right now has to do with mothers and fathers. It has to do with, with grandma, grandpa. It has to do with every last person in this room. It doesn't matter if you're in high school, middle school. If you've, you literally are, are retired, it doesn't matter. This has to do with you. In Luke chapter 10, look at this, verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now here it is. This is the woman that Jesus is talking about. She had a sister called Mary. Look at what she's doing. She was seated at the Lord's feet. So the very first time you see this woman, you see this woman sitting at the feet of Jesus. Say sitting at the feet of Jesus. Okay, let's explain what this means. Sitting implies a bunch of things. Number one, she's not moving around. She's still. Number two, she's low. She's sitting. So this is rest. This is humility. And she's at the feet of Jesus, which means all of her attention is upon his person. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, what happens is you have direct focus, full face gaze upon him. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, it means, I want to be the one who is closest, lowest looking directly at you. This woman chose this spot. Now, now I want you to, to think about this for a minute. Jesus is famous at this time. There's people that want to see him, there's people that think this about him, that about him, and this house is probably full. Because when Jesus comes to town, the entire town comes out, is that not true? So now I want you to think about this. This house is completely filled with people standing around, talking, doing all this stuff, but then there's this strange sight of this one woman who chooses to sit at the feet of Jesus. This sight, if I was there, would have literally touched my heart. To look over there and see there's this woman doing something that nobody else is doing. She's seated at the Lord's feet. What is it about this woman that God ties together to the gospel forever? She chooses the feet of Jesus. What do you mean, Eric, when you say choosing the feet? There is no higher place in heaven or on earth than the feet of Jesus. The feet of Jesus means I am giving all of my life down right here to be able to look at you. And that's what this woman is doing. The next thing it says here is that not only is she seated there, but she is giving him full attention. She's listening to his words. This is passive reception. She's not speaking. She's listening. I remember Witness Lee wrote one time, when you leave prayer, don't say, what, I've, what have I said to God, but what has God said to me? A lot of times people go into prayer, and the entire time all they do is tell, talk, talk. They have no idea what God said. Because listening means you are quietly giving attention to somebody else who's more important than all the stuff you've got to bring in. Are you saying, Eric, I shouldn't ask for anything? I'm saying that once you enter his presence, 95% of your prayers vanish anyways. Because you found out that he's the only thing you ever really wanted in the first place and that he's the only thing you ever really needed. To simply give him the attention that he deserves solves pretty much every single human problem. Every one of our problems go back to this one main issue, not giving him the attention he deserves. I believe the root of sin is this, giving the attention he deserves to things that are far inferior to him. So you say, Eric, I'm a a stay-at-home mom. Or Eric, I work, you know, I, I put tires on cars all day. That's what I do. This right here is a life that values Jesus so much that your entirety of your internal existence is focused upon him no matter what you're doing. And So look at what happens here, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted. I want to talk to you about distraction. The reason why distraction, Is so evil is because it robs your attraction to the Lord. Martha's unable to see who's in the house. God is in her house and she can't even realize it because she's distracted. Mary's not. Mary's attentive. She gives him everything. She gives him his proper place. There is no fairer face, no brighter eyes, nor fairer face than those who give Christ his proper place. This woman is staring at him. So what do you mean by distraction? Distraction is giving the attention he deserves to things that are far inferior to him. Todd White told me one time, Martha was busy making sandwiches that Jesus never ordered. So it says here, it says, but Martha was distracted with, look at this, all Her preparations. What's the origin of these things that she's doing? Herself. She's come up with all kinds of stuff to give to the Lord. Listen to me. She wants to feed him more than to feed on him. She's more occupied with occupation for the Lord than preoccupation with the Lord. So what is distraction? It is when I allow the things in my day to have more of my heart, attention, and affection than Him. Listen to me. I'm talking to you straight up. I I literally don't even want to preach to you. I want to talk to you. And this is what I want to talk to you about. I know my life, and I know myself. And I know that when my eyes get off of Jesus, I start seeing all kinds of other things. My heart gets completely out of whack, gets confused, gets completely... Uh, frustrated, upside down, spread thin when my eyes leave the Lord. And this is what I believe is being said right here about this woman. She literally gives God, Jesus, all of his attention, all of her attention. Look at this, what she says. Martha comes up to the Lord and says, Lord, do you not care This is very interesting because who is the most caring individual to ever step their foot upon this planet? Is it not Jesus who comes to die for rebellious, sinful mockers? Jesus is the most caring that will ever step foot on the planet, but because she's distracted and not giving him her attention, her view of the Lord is askew. What what do you mean? this is the origin of a lot of people's strange doctrines about who the Lord is. It's from not looking at him. It's from being so distracted that you begin to look at the one who is God on the earth and say, do you not care? I'm telling you, I've slipped into this kind of thing in my own life. Just being open and honest with you. I have taken my eyes off of Jesus in certain times and periods of my life, and what happened was my view of God was completely starting to shift. I couldn't see him for who he really is. And how many know your view of the Lord, your understanding of who he is affects everything in life. The way you are a husband, the way you are a wife, the way you are a, 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 a boss, Whatever you do is affected by how you see God. And if you don't look at Jesus, you cannot see him. And so what happens is when you look, you live. When you don't look, you don't live. And you begin to see that all kinds of things start taking their root in you when you take your eyes off of Jesus. Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? She shows us the root of loneliness. I'm all alone Eric, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that when you realize that you can look into the face of Jesus, it will end all these Martha things. You'll find that once you put your eyes upon him, what happens is you're completely fulfilled. You have need of nothing else and you're able to make your decisions and live your life based on being completely satisfied this changes the way you see everything and everybody else look at this martha's looking at mary she sees mary and she's trying to call jesus's attention to mary lord she's left me she's calling jesus's attention to mary a lot of people's intercession is like this like, lord change my husband you need to change my husband That's Martha that tries to pull God's attention to things and doesn't just look at God. So many times we're trying to get God to look at something and just won't look at Him. Are you trying to say I shouldn't pray for nobody I'm trying to say that there's something so much greater it's called looking unto Jesus and in looking unto Jesus then he can by his own design and his own sway and his own moving guide you into whatever he wants to do in that time but he has first place so then it says next it says tell her to help me but the Lord said To her, Martha, Martha, you are worried. Did you hear this? This is the words of Jesus. He just showed you where your worry comes from. Somebody told me one time, worry is the seed of atheism. Worry comes from not looking at Jesus. If you worship, worry will be destroyed. Worship. Destroys worry and listen, worry will destroy worship. But if you will look unto Jesus, you'll find that you can walk in this world with complete rest at ease, simply walking and skipping through life upon the clouds of God. It's possible. How? By looking at Jesus. You say, Eric, why are you why are you here today? What's your message? I'm trying to call all of us to be those that are like Mary who will give Jesus his proper place and not be distracted and not begin to get into this looking at other people and trying to get Jesus to look at something. Listen, you've got to take your eyes off him to look at somebody else. You'll you'll, you'll, you'll stop judging people the moment you look at Jesus. It won't even cross your mind (laughs) because you'll be so preoccupied. You know, A.W. Tozer talked about an endless preoccupation with God Himself. I think this is the essence of a holy life. You're so preoccupied that no matter what comes your way, your attention's already given. Something comes to pull your attention, you say, I don't even have attention to give you. It's already all given. And that's what I see right here in Mary. Jesus says to Martha, you are worried and bothered. Listen to me. In my own life, when I find myself getting bothered very easy. I know by this, Martha has crept in. Say, Eric, I don't think you can do that. Yes, you can. Because the Bible talks about the result of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. And patience. (laughs) Paul writes, Paul writes, be patient with everyone. It's the patience of the Lord that is salvation. He gives to us in salvation his same patience. I remember Finn alone wrote one time, he said, there is nothing more imperfect than being impatient with the imperfections of others. He also said, Adam is always angry to find himself in another. What do you mean by that, Eric? Adam is the old man. And that old man in you, when he finds the old man in someone else, gets very angry. But when you let the second Adam or the last Adam have his proper place listen to me he looks for Adam and the other so he can comfort him so it says but only one thing is necessary this is Jesus only one thing is necessary what is he saying he's saying there's only one necessity for life and it's this right here what Mary is doing listen to me Mary doesn't even respond to Martha I'm telling you, I think Mary's so preoccupied, she doesn't even realize she's being spoken against. One of my friends texted me the other day, and he says, Man, Eric, so many people are coming against me because I've chosen to to go to Jesus school, and there's a lot of things that are being said about me. How should I respond? I wrote him back, and I said, He's too beautiful to look away from. And he says to me, He said, Man, that's good. Anything else? And I said to him, <laughs> and I said to him, even in the crackle of the flame, the martyrs sung of his infinite charms. What do you mean? I mean that if, even if you look at the Fox's book of martyrs, you see that even while being burned alive, they worshiped the land. So it says one necessary thing then look at this this is very important mary has chosen mary has chosen this is a choice that is ever and always before you you are today what you chose yesterday and you will be tomorrow what you choose today i wasn't going to go here but i just feel it quickened in my heart it doesn't matter what you do for a living you can get as close to god as you want to be Listen, I have met people that will never touch a microphone and stand. This means nothing. Standing behind a pulpit with a microphone when you can walk in the cool of the day with God. I'm telling you, I have met people that will never hold a microphone, but they are filled with the glory. I mean, men that, that they walk into the room and there's such a consciousness of God, it's hard to even speak with them. And they're not even trying to be ministers they've just met god they're in love with god they walk with god they're clothed and filled with god that's the greatest thing on this side of eternity to be filled and clothed with god whether you're a grandma be a grandma possessed with god when you're you're in eighth grade be an eighth grader filled with god I'm, i'm a husband be the husband that drips with the oil of heaven i'm a wife that with a very difficult husband will be a wife that is so filled with God that you can win your husband without even a word. This is the greatest thing there is, guys, and it comes by choosing to be a Mary who puts away everything else and says, you, O Lord, are enough for me. To look at you is all I need. I worship you and I give you all my attention, my adoration, my aspiration. Everything goes towards you. I am literally one long incense being burned up to you. That's all I long for. Brother Lawrence was a dishwasher filled with God. He talked about washing dishes to the glory of God. He would say, the moment I turn my attention to him, it's like an electric pulse that goes through my body. He says, I'm so serene that even though I don't know what the future holds, it doesn't even matter. I'm telling you, there's a holy complacency. Complacency is such a dangerous word in Christianity, but you got to use it rightly. There's a holy complacency, which means this, I have him and it doesn't matter what he asks me to do, I'm gonna do it because I have him, I have everything. I'm not in need of anything more because in him I have access to all. That there's nothing in God that is accessible outside of him and everything in God is only accessible in him. There's times in my life where I had to make a choice Now listen closely to me. You know what, I'm gonna use somebody else as an example. It's just better that way. A friend of mine, he has a church in California, I think it's California, is it California? And he's a pastor, he has kids, and in his heart, he felt like God wanted him to come closer. And in this time of wanting to come closer to the Lord, he felt the only way to do it is to spend some quality time alone with God. So he came to his wife and he says, I feel like I need to go away for a few days and just be alone with God. And his wife says to him, we've got the prayer meeting. There's, there's also like worship training. The kids have soccer, all these things. She, she's like, you can't, you don't have any time. And he looks at her and he says, I've got to go be with God. Fall what may. I'm blocking out this time, the next couple of days, to be with God. She said, okay. So he went away. And when he goes away, he's locked up with God in a little cabin, worshiping the Lord for a few days. On the third day, he wakes up and the Lord speaks to him and he says, why don't you, you can go home now and I want you to grab a bite to eat on the way home. So he stops at a restaurant on his way home after two days of just worshiping and enjoying the Lord. He walks into the restaurant and he looks at the waiter and he says, a table for two, please. And in this time of worshiping the Lord, he said he had a wonderful sweet time, but he was waiting for this collision with God that would break him down forever. But it had not yet happened it was just a wonderful blissful time being with God but when he says table for two they go and they sit him down he sits down on one side and they bring two glasses of water and when they put the glasses of water down one in front of him and one in front of an empty chair he looks over across at the empty chair and he perceives the presence of Jesus he sees Jesus in his spirit sitting there across from him and this man who was a marine breaks down crying like a little girl who just lost her boyfriend and he puts his face down on the table and he's crying and crying the waiters come over to see if he's okay The only reason why I know this story is because a month later I saw him at an event in California and he comes walking up to me and when he's walking towards me, it was Rick, but it wasn't Rick. He was the same guy, but he looked different. Something was changed. And when he started to speak to me, his voice sounded different. It was like there was something missing. And I looked at him and I said, bro, uh, what happened to you? And he says, I don't wanna tell you here because there's too many people. We'll go somewhere. I said, let's go somewhere. So we go somewhere and he tells me the story that I just told you. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because there is a pull, I believe, to many of you in this room, to go and be with God in an extended way. And you will enter into a perception of his person that will break you on the inside and cause something to be missing from your person that is so important. What do you mean by missing? St. Teresa of Avila said that when the Lord came to her, he had a spear, and he thrust the spear into her heart over and over. When he would pull the spear out, he took a piece of her out. And she said, he was making me empty enough to love him. I'm issuing a call to every person here. I didn't come actually specifically thinking to do this, but I can feel it right now. God is calling some of you in this room to go away with him for an extended period of time. You say, Eric, I work. Listen, I worked, when I was in construction, I worked 12 hours a day digging ditches in the in the sun in Florida, uh, every day. Saturday and Sunday I had off. And what I would do when I feel this, burning deep on the inside I'd go to my wife and I'd say babe I need a couple of days to be alone with the lord can I take saturday and sunday this weekend to just go somewhere she'd say yes and I'd rent a room and I'd go into that room and just worship all day on saturday and all day on sunday and just come back to my house filled with such a sweet love exchange with god my heart would feel so tender it changed the way that I looked at my children it changed the way I looked at my wife it changed the way I worked at my job everything was different I had times where I'd be locked up with God and my wife would say listen you 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 can lock up but you can't leave the house because somebody's coming over to clean the carpets so you got to be here to let them in and I'd say okay I'll I'll be here she would leave I'd be worshiping the Lord worshiping the Lord and somebody would come to this guy came to clean the carpets and when he walks in he's I'm like yeah these carpets here these carpets here and I just left him I was gonna go be with the Lord but I kept the door open so I could see what they were doing. I'm just pacing back and forth, worshiping, just enjoying. And the guy comes into the hallway and as soon as he comes into the hallway, he stops and he goes, ah! and I looked at him from a, a distance and I was like, whoa, I didn't know what was wrong with him. I thought he might have a problem or something. So he goes out. I just left him alone and I'm just worshiping the Lord. I was, didn't really want to even give attention to them because I wanted to be you know, locked up, but I had to go out there and When they're leaving, I felt the Holy Spirit tug my heart to witness to them. And I was like, oh, man, I've got to tell these guys about Jesus now. I'd rather just be in the room. But I came out there with a couple of books of mine, and I said, guys, guys, I want to give you these uh, books. I'm a preacher of the gospel, and I just want to give these to you for free and tell you that Jesus really loves you. And the guy that did that weird thing in the hallway looks at me, and he says, that's what it was. I I said, what was it? What do you mean? He says, When I walked into the hallway, a wind hit me. And when it hit me, I felt completely overcome. And I know now that it was God. And so right then, I took that opportunity, and I said, he's calling you to give your life to him. And then, bam, I got a word of knowledge for the guy that was with him about somebody stabbing his back. And he said his wife just left him and took the kids prayed for both of them, they gave their lives to the Lord. It's a wonderful moment, but all that to say, it was in the midst of just enjoying the Lord that he made just regular life a witness of his own person. I'll, I'll tell you another one. Why am I telling you this? Because I want to make you salivate to be alone with God. Okay, I'm going to tell you one more and then we'll close out. Is that okay? So one, one time I was preaching in the jails, and when uh, I used to go into jails twice a week. And I'd just go in, and they'd open up the door for me, and I'd throw my hands up, and I'd say, "Does anybody want to talk about Jesus?" And they're inmates, you know. So somebody'd yell out from the side, "F you," or something like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd go in there and just wait for somebody to talk to me, talk with me about Jesus. Some of them would be like, "We don't have anything else to do." So one day I went in there, straight out of a lockup. My wife went away with the kids to see her parents, and I had ten days where she was going to be gone, helping them do some things, and. I had 10 days, and I took off, and I took those 10 days just to worship, not to ask for anything, not to try to increase in power, not to try to learn more things, literally just to worship and sit at his feet like Mary. And then at the end of those 10 days, it was my time to go preach again at the at the, the jail, and I leave straight from there, and I go right to the jail. And when I walk in, this time I don't walk in and I say, I don't say, Does anybody want to talk about Jesus? I walk in and I stand there and I begin to just worship the Lord. Just started worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. I didn't care if somebody ran up and punched me in the face. I literally had no concern whatsoever about them. I wanted to worship the Lord and see what would happen. I worship and I open my eyes, I see the clock and the clock is ending my time and I look out and I see all of the prisoners are on their faces on the marble jail floor. And I turn around for them to let me out because I can't stay past my time or they won't let me go uh, back. And so they open up the door and I leave. Two weeks later, I go to the homeless mission and I'm preaching Jesus to the homeless. And a guy comes running up to me and he goes, you're the kid, you're the kid. And I said, what What do you mean a kid? I got kids, man, I'm not a kid. <laughs> and he says to me, you came to 33rd Street Jail and you started to sing in there, right? I said, yeah, that's Yes, I did. It was just a couple weeks ago. He goes, you don't even know. And I said, know what? He said, when you started to worship, he said, your face turned into a spotlight and we all saw it. And we laid on our faces before God. Why do I tell you that? Because in spending time with Jesus, he makes his image come out of us. It's the secret. It's the key. They that look to the Lord become radiant. And it's a real thing. You say, I've got all kinds of problems in my life, Eric. I've got sin issues. I've got, you know, financial issues. Let me tell you, every issue can be laid at his feet, and you can exchange them for his person. And in receiving his person, you find that in him is everything you could have ever even wanted. Back behind all of these desires that you think need to be fulfilled, there's a deep internal void that only Jesus can actually fill. And when we receive Him, we receive inside of ourselves holiness itself. Holiness is being addicted to the maximum pleasure of life, which is God Himself. And Christianity switches from being about behaving to beholding. And your heart then begins to see that it's not about struggling, it's about snuggling. And you find that just laying upon him, you gain access to such a sweetness that makes life so simple and so easy. And and then you look at Jesus' words and you say, He wasn't lying when He said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wasn't just saying this to try to maybe balance out the cost ratio. Let me tell you something about cost. Next to the face of Jesus, it's all ridiculous. What do you mean? Paul says, "I, compared to having him, even the greatest things I can gain, or the greatest things I can lose, it's all garbage. What bothers me a lot of times today is when people look at counting the cost, and they forget the fact that it's in comparison with gaining his person. Yes. Listen to me. Even if you lose absolutely everything, and you gain him, you lost nothing. You can take everything away from me and give me him, and I still have everything. But if you take him away from me and give me everything, I've got nothing. It's the key. Now, maybe you're here right now, and you, you think to yourself, you know, I don't know. I don't know this kind of Jesus, this Jesus that fulfills all, this Jesus that's beautiful, this Jesus that actually destroys sin in my life just by virtue of the fact that he's with me. Maybe you're here, and you're like, man, I've been struggling with sin, trying to overcome it. I'm telling you, stop and just enjoy Jesus and you'll find he's the one that accomplishes the thing himself. That's actually real Christianity. Christianity is not gripping across and gritting your teeth and doing your best to obey black and white. Christianity is gazing upon the living man, the living living Christ, and in seeing him obtaining everything on the inside that switches all, all things on the inside of you. So maybe you're here right now and you say I don't know this this Jesus. I want this Jesus. I want to I want to sense him. I want to I want to live in contact with him. I want to be the a one that says, you know, I choose the good part. I choose to lay my life at your feet. I choose you above all things. That's what I'm here for. That's why I believe God has sent me here. Maybe you're here and you say I've already chosen the good part, that's how I live my life. Well, then you're more excited about this than anybody else because <laughs> you know what's going on. But maybe you're here and you're just feeling different. You're like, oh, it's beautiful words. You know? I like the beautiful words, you know, good service, <laughs> you know. But you just don't really see how it cracks into your heart and makes a shift in your daily life where you wake up in the morning and the first thing on your mind is, I must run to the feet of Jesus because here I find new desires, here I find power, here I find grace to be able to live this holy life, live out a life that is pleasing to God. I'm telling you, this is what God has for you. And it's not because, you know, God has called you to go to Africa and win 79 million people to Jesus. Do you understand what I mean? You may be changing diapers all day long. If you worship Jesus, you give him exactly what he wants. When you stand before God, what he's looking for anyways is the image of his son in you. And that's only gonna be worked in you one way and it's beholding his glory. So I guess here's the call. The call of response. If you want to make a decision, no matter where you are in your life, to be one who is completely possessed of with God, literally filled and clothed with this person, no matter what you do, no matter what age you are, and that's what you want in your life, and you want to make a decision today, fresh or for the first time, I'll give you everything, Lord, for the rest of my life that you may fill me and clothe me, I want you to stand to your feet right now. say, Eric, what's the message today again? Choose his feet. Choose to lay everything down right there. Weaknesses and failures and your successes and your victories. Lay them all down because they're all inferior to him. What I'd like to do right now is just right where you are, just, just relax. Close your eyes. Forget about the person next to you. done, but give this last couple of minutes completely to the Lord.
2: Spirit, come Holy Spirit,
0: yeah, just for a couple of minutes, don't look around, just give Him all your attention.
2: me for
0: giving the attention you deserve to things that are inferior to you. I choose today to be a Mary. One who chooses to go to your feet. I want to be filled with you. Possessed by you. Take my mind and fill it with you. Take my heart and fill it with you. Take my will and fill it with you. I give you your place. Take my entire life and show me what must go. And Show me how to make time to give you all my attention and be filled with you again and again. Lord, I want to be one who is completely filled with you, not for the sake of ministry, but for the sake of marriage, totally taken with you, I worship you. We're almost done. Just begin to worship the Lord right where you are. We're, we're, We're literally almost finished, but... just let your your spiritual language come out
2: yeah
0: go ahead just open your mouth just open your mouth
2: There is none. Hold
0: Every voice. Having pain on the right side of the neck lift your hand if that's you on the right side of the neck yeah and somebody somebody's been having headaches right in the back of the head let me see your hand if that's you and then somebody's their left the left hip somebody's left hip yeah. yeah lip hips okay um can can you come down here the, the people that have have these things the hips the headache the neck uh, is there somebody that's been having a pain in your lung? Like when you breathe, you've been feeling pain, actually in your breathing, or even heaviness right here on the chest. Lift your hand. Let me see who it is. Yeah, come, come here, come here. Yeah, just pray in the spirit with me just for one more minute. <laughs> What about a right ankle? Has somebody had a problem with their right ankle? Yeah, come here, come here. Come down here to the front.
2: Yes. Yeah, Jesus, we worship you.
0: We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are here and alive and living Right now, by your Holy Spirit, I ask you to heal every single person here at the altar. Lord, come and heal them. Heal, heal, heal completely. Thank you, Lord, for complete healing. Those of you that are here at the altar, I want you just to do something, uh, like ch- stretch your neck, move your ankle, try to move your hip around, well, whatever it was I was hurting you, breathe in if, it, if that was it. top of the head to the sole of the feet, the blood of Jesus, the perfect work of the Lord, heal this body, heal it completely in Jesus' name, completely, top of the head to the sole of the feet, thank you for miracles purchased by the blood, in Jesus' name, all right, move it again, move it again, check it out. feel there's something different about it, let me see, yeah, what, what, what would you come up for, your neck, is it, is it better, yeah, who, who else can feel there's something different, yeah, what happened with you, your hip is better, yeah, what, your neck, was it the, the left side, or right side, yeah, all the way down, okay, yeah, what's, what, with you, yeah, 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 hey, put your hand, put your hand on it, Jesus' name, completely, completely go, all the pain, get out in Jesus' name, in Jesus name yeah who else can feel there's something different about it yeah what your hip yeah
2: Yeah. no way yeah I saw the Lord Yes. yeah Father thank you
0: so much for this wonderful wonderful of you that you didn't feel anything yet just put show me your hand if you don't feel a difference if you don't feel a difference okay who else doesn't feel a difference at all all right put your hand on on these guys lord we thank you for perfect healing in this hip this neck in jesus name we thank you thank you lord perfect perfect work in jesus name so much for you guys this time i really enjoyed speaking with you today i know that the lord has issued a call to all of us to choose
1: his feet again come on yeah let's give it up Uh, listen we want to thank you guys for coming and joining us today we know god has done something deep in hearts today i just want to challenge you man to run with that word don't let it be something cute we were all challenged today listen i've been walking with the lord for a while now and here's one thing i know hunger is a choice it cannot be imparted you can be provoked you can be stirred but hunger is a choice and so choose him this week amen let me pray and bless you and we can go father we thank you for everything that was done today father we, we just seal every work every word every stirring god and every heart god we just bless them as they go we bless their families their finances their health god and every part of who they are god and as they go god we ask that that your words your will your miracles would follow them god and that we would be burning ones that would go out and change the world with this gospel we have been given in the mighty name of jesus everyone said amen amen bless you hey guys there's stuff at the table i encourage you guys go go get some books go get the stuff that god has given you and leave a donation bless you guys and have an amazing week